Hey, it's Carlo. Before we jump into the show, I just want to apologize for any audio issues that are here. Um, Dave and I were sharing a microphone during this episode, and Brendan's microphone was acting up a bit as well. We tried to clean it up as best we could, but it's not perfect. It's far from it. Hopefully it doesn't distract you too much. Other than that, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Ranger Things Podcast. to ranger things ah, we're recording on monday august 7th i'm carlo montagnino and i'm joined by brendan lyons howdy everybody and uh actually standing right next to me in the flesh dave pacheco greetings fleshy ranger fans <laughs> that's <Hey>. fucking gross <laughs> it's a weird thing to say to people yeah, I'm not sure. I like the Stan Lee bit, but that one got a little bit, that one was a little bit weird. Um, so today we're covering not much. It's, it's still slow. We're in the dog days here, but uh, there is some news we'll talk about. Uh, Rangers have a few small news items, and then there's some league-wide stuff we want to cover. Uh, but before we jump into it, uh, as always, you can visit us on rangerthingspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at rangerthings23, and subscribe to the show using the service of your choice. Also, if you are already subscribed, please leave a rating, maybe a review. That'd be nice. Much appreciated. Um, don't be honest. Just give us five stars. Uh, let's, so let's get into it. Big, giant, re-signing. No, Massive. It's not Alexis Lafreniere. It's Brandon Scanlon. You signed to a one-year, two-way deal. Uh Playing for Hartford, um, it's a, he'll be, he'll be earning 100k in in Hartford if he does make it up to the big club. That's 775,000. Uh, yeah, I mean he had 15 points in 61 games. He had one assist in nine playoff games. This is this is the, this is the one we've been waiting for all summer. This, yeah, this is truly this is the other shoe that we've been waiting to drop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think it's a a fine depth signing for Hartford. You know, we'll yeah, never but, see we'll never see him in the garden. No. Yeah, it's just something for you know future trade packages next year, following yeah, year. You know, like we never would have heard this news any other offseason, but this one there is nothing happening at all, and everyone's just desperately waiting for the Lafreniere news. So any Rangers signs SEO headline is just gonna yeah. We have to click and report it. Now, yeah. now you, you think there's going to be panic amongst the Ranger fan base, or you think this is just, you know, par for the course, you know, no. nothing to worry about. He's going to get signed before training camp. Well, oh, you're talking about Lafford, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's be, let's be clear, Dave. Let's be clear, Dave. The yeah, Ranger sure. fan base is in a constant state of panic. Constant. <laughs> they're, they're always angry at everything all the time. I don't know. They're just, they'll probably just spend the next – until Lafreniere gets signed, it'll be an argument on whether or not we should sign him or we should – like, I, I see this one small contingent of people, like, screaming that we should go out and sign uh, Nick Ritchie instead of Lafreniere. You know, Ranger fans are dumb. 
I, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that because this is a Ranger fan podcast, uh, and we're trying to pull in Ranger fans. But y'all are dumb. Wait, wait, Paul. I, I think that depends on where you're looking, right? I this is Facebook, I'd imagine. It's everywhere. You know, it's it's everywhere. I think there's you know the fight is everywhere. Uh, some people think that Lafreniere is a bust. Uh, I think that's crazy. I think the I think the major divide and the opinions, the hot takes don't just stop with Lafreniere. They're about Kako and Hebo and Panarin and um, Zabanajad. Pretty much everybody, but. Adam Fox. They hate every. Some people hate Adam Fox because he doesn't have enough grit. Uh, the the real line in the sand is whether or not people understand hockey, like fundamentally, and that's the thing about New York sports, is that the Rangers got good in twenty fourteen. You know, before that, in the dark days, it was just actual hockey fans, but yeah. from you know, there's been this movement. For the last eight-ish years, we, they got good. They made those few little runs, and a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon right before the rebuild. And these people don't know how to handle themselves right now. Yeah, and I think I think not only that. It's you know, as far as people jumping into um, being an NHL fan, you know, who maybe follow other sports or didn't really follow the sports, and you know. Unlike other sports like basketball and and uh, and football and baseball and stuff like that, well, baseball kind of too is, is is in line with the NHL. Where in the fact that a lot of players, a lot of a lot of guys have to mature, they have to be into their you know mid twenties for them to hit their stride. They're not exactly. going to come out of high school or 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 after one year of college or two years of college and just be like you know blowing the doors off. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that like the youngest football players in the NH and the NFL are 21 years old, 22 years old and football players are fucking specimens. They are the 0.001% of the society football players. They are freak athletes, you know, as far as size and strength and speed. And still it takes them time to mature. And basketball is just a different game. And even still look at how many basketball players have to go through they have to go through the NCAA. They have to mature in college. Mm-hmm. I would be remiss to not be concerned about this signing not happening. Like, what are like we spoke a little bit about it a couple, the past few weeks, but like, what are we waiting for? What is is it? It, it can't be dollars and cents at this point. Are we waiting? I, a deal I, you know, through? are we waiting for? You know, like, I'm not, is it a discussion about minutes? I don't know. It, you know, obviously, I don't know anything or anybody. Right? Well, why are you, why uh, are you yeah. here? You don't know. You, you know, like I like. It's not like I have an insider. You know, who's feeding me information. You know, I don't have a back channel through Larry and the Larry Brooks and the, <laughs> and the front First office. Name basis. Uh, but like, I don't know. Just as a like. As a person who has been watching the Rangers conduct, like not only play hockey but conduct business for almost forty years, it's just the summer, man. It's just the summer, and it's an inconsequential contract that both sides know are going to get inked, and that's it. It's just the fucking summer. Like people are, people are like, is Lafreniere going to sign? I'm like, is Lafreniere in the gym? That's what I want to know. Right. Like. Is Lafreniere with a new skating coach? Has the team found him a new skating coach? 
Those are the questions I want to answer. I don't give a fuck what date he signs his contract on. I know that nobody's going to offer sheet this kid because the NHL's a dumb league. Uh, that's what we should rename this podcast, the NHL's a dumb league, because I say it every week. I know that he's not. he wants to be here. We don't want him to leave. Even if he didn't want to be here, he's got to be here if we want him here. Yeah, yeah. We're well, not. I, we're not going to trade him. No, I, I think the concern is not is more what you're saying about like his conditioning. Like, yeah, okay, he'll sign. I, I again, I really don't doubt he'll sign. But how, is this going to go into camp? Is he is is he going to lose time being conditioning for the season, which is the number one complaint about this guy? Like, like I I don't think so. Like, I'd like to say no, just just for the fact of, you know, a whole new coaching staff, lot, lots of big names in the NHL through the last 40 years. Um, and I, I, it, I'd be hard-pressed to think that LaViolette hasn't been talking to Lafreniere or his agent, rather, uh, conveying – you know, like like we said, uh, minutes played, what line he could be expected to be, uh, to be put on, you know, and and basically, is he going to get a better shot than he did in the previous yeah. regime? Yeah, is the opportunity going to be there? I think that's that's probably a big part of the conversation. Uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's dollars and cents at this point. Yeah, I, I can't see that really. Maybe it's years. Maybe Lafreniere wants a year bridge, and they want to give him a two year bridge. That could be a hang up. You know, because maybe Lafreniere is looking at it and saying, you know what, new coach, I'm going to bet on myself. You know, the cap's going to go up next year. The cap's going up. Give me 2.1, 2.2 million dollars. And if I, if the opportunity is definitely going to be there, then, you know, you know, I'll bet on myself and I'll fucking set the world on fire this season and I'll get paid. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the hang up. Yeah. Well, you know, also on that conditioning tip, the Rangers did make another hire to the coaching staff. Uh, Christian Hamura. Hamura. We're definitely butchering that name, but I don't. Get yeah, that's Hamura. that's that's okay. But um, yeah. he's he's the new skills and performance development coach. Um, just a, before we get into his background, which I did a little bit of research, aka I read the post. Um, yeah. Mark the, the the current well the previous coach uh, Mark Chacho. Chacho. Um, Chacho. Um he he actually requested a, a role change on the team. Yeah, so he, he fucking now, sucks at his job. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he's now the prospect development skills coach. So um they brought in Hamura. Um he has his own development program, does not have any professional experience. He's he's he coached teenagers. Um, I think he was in the Quebec Major Junior League for a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has his own development program. Um, and he, the principles of that are, and I'm quoting, being a well-versed skater creates the time and space to utilize the skills that you practice day in and day out, which doesn't mean anything, really. Well, but yeah, I, it, it, it's really something, you know, it, things that make you go, hmm, or, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. God in heaven. I'll be here all week. Uh, so maybe I read this wrong, but I, th- I thought I read it. I didn't read the post. I read about him um, on Blue Shirt Banter. But that said he would be strictly working with with prospects. No, that's – That's, um, that's going to be Chacho. Chacho. Yeah, Chacho. That's how you have to say the name. You say, hey, Chacho. 
Chacho. Hamura loves Chacho. Oh, never mind. We'll cut that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this is, maybe this is something like Hamura. Maybe like this. I mean, obviously, he has his own program. He'll be utilizing it with the Rangers. Maybe this is something that, you know, more to that player development, you know, uh, issues we've been having for yeah. the past that 40 is. years. So the uh, only thing I know about him is that he's supposed to be our now skating coach. Like a very great. highly touted in-demand skating coach. So that's exactly what, you know, that's what Loft needs. That's what Cochran needs. That's what Phil needs. That's a lot of, you know, I mean, I think sometimes that's what Panarin needs. Like, you know, Panarin yeah. could use a skating coach. I think, uh, I think Miller could use a skating coach at this stage of his career. Fox could definitely use a skating coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one – that is the problem with our team as constructed. Like, we're not we're fast at times. We're not strong skaters, though. Um, so this is this is a definitely a huge this is a big this is a big deal, I think. It's small, it's quiet, middle of summer, but this is actually gonna be if it plays out the way I think they want it to play out, this is gonna be this is a, it's a huge signing, well, a huge hire for the Rangers. I, I think it could be huge. I, I mean it could pay pay huge dividends, you know, it, game you know, game wise and in, in the playoffs and, and further, you know, just in general. Think about how many times we would have, you know, we would almost have like a like a breakout and then Panarin, Zibanejad, who literally whoever trying to get the you know fighting with the puck off the boards, going to turn up ice, and they're falling on their fucking knees and sliding. You know that's happened mm-hmm. countless times where it's just like it shakes your heads. Like, is the ice surface terrible? But it's not happening to the other team, so it's got to be something with the fundamentals of, of skating or you know just body movement. You know, I think we're going to see a major improvement in a lot of things this year. But I, I do sometimes like I am I am wondering if we're gonna if we've made so many changes that we're now gonna have trouble identifying what it was that was effective. You know, is it Hamura? Is it hmm. uh, is it just the Lavulette system? Is it Housley? W- you know, what is it that lit what is it a combination of it? You know, uh this is like this is something that'll make sense to Dave. You know, any and anyone who's do, who does barbecue, they say if your barbecue sucks, you should change one thing at a time. Because if you change too many things, and things get better or get worse, you don't know what it what made it better or what made it worse. So you should change one thing at a time. Uh, obviously, that's not a great analogy for hockey, but <laughs> it's just it seems like we're sort of just. I just don't want there to be an overreaction here where we're. I definitely see what you're saying. I, and I agree to a point, but I think that this, the, the moves made are in the spirit of like a culture change. Like they, this is not like, Oh, we need to t- tinker with this and that. Like they wanted to wash away everything Gallant did. I think the, the, the players clamored for it at the exit interviews. They've made it very clear to Drury. Like, hey, we want to be coached. We want a system. Um, we want accountability. And I think that's, you know, and when you see how they played in that Devil series, like they lost all heart. They lost all motivation. It seemed like they were kind of going out there to lose. So 
I think this is like they 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 want they they can get away with making a sweeping changes at least with the coaching, um, as well as picking up you know all the free agents they did or uh, all the signings they did, because you know hey, our core is here telling us what they want. Let's just give it to them. Like I don't think your analogy is bad per se. You know I I think it it is fitting, but um when it comes to sports and and, and hockey and everything, it's like it's more of like okay like if we're getting good results, then it really doesn't matter. That's how it happened and yeah. you know coupled with the fact these guys have ipads and instant replays of their shift every time they come and sit down so there is an instant feedback so they can see what is different immediately opposed to the tape they've been watching for the the, the previous year and and in the previous games and all that stuff so i think it, it it's it's going to be a positive and you know having so having a clear-cut system with Laviolette and not having any kind of system under underneath uh, Gallant, I mean, pretty much anything you do is going to be better. Uh, I don't think they would take a, a step back because they already regressed in the last half of last season. Yeah, I do. I like that this is a shift. I like, I like, the, way, I like the way you stated it, Carlo, that this is a culture shift or culture change. And mm-hmm. I like that they're doing this without really uh, – fucking with the core at all because i don't think the core is the problem you know and i think it's more than just washing away galan i think it runs deeper than that i think it's washing away the last 25 years of this organization we've been stuck in the mud since the mid 90s yeah uh we're still constantly talking about 94 it's like it's embarrassing as a Rangers fan, to have to right. hang your hat literally on a Stanley Cup that's from thirty years ago, and you know, and that's the thing. I'm like, so you know, sometimes I I get on them all the time for it, but you know, I get why some Ranger fans still like, oh, we need to we need to make the type of moves that we made leading up to the Cup run in '94 because it's all we know. Right. Every you know, but they have to acknowledge that 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 that's failed every time since '94. This I mean, is, this is I, I think washing that, away Sather is what I see. Yes. No, I agree with the washing away Sather. There's a lot of shit, a lot of moves they made in 94 that I still don't agree with, even though they won the cup. I mean, you traded Tony Amante away. Yeah. You traded Mike Gartner away. Like these guys, like Amante became an amazing player. Gartner was already an amazing and prolific scorer. Like, and you got like guys that, oh, Glenn Anderson, Steve Larmer, you know, things like that. It's like, fuck these old fucks. They barely, <laughs> they literally barely, everybody's like, oh no, we would never want a couple if we didn't get them. It's like, I don't know about that. Fucking Brian Noonan? What the fuck oh, I mean, there was a lot of locker room guys there because Keenan had such a, I don't know, here I am like talking about how great 94 was, how smart every fucking thing was. <laughs> It was they had such an animosity Keenan and the team that they they wanted to build the room up to be more united against Keenan, like win despite him. Which fucking it's I mean again, it's insane. It doesn't work anymore. I don't know. I, point. I, I thought I thought their whole like if you ever watched the uh the the ninety-four whole uh whole run, Stanley Cup run, mm-hmm. um they, they had one message in the locker room, it's called Heave Ho, everybody's pulling in the same yeah. direction. You know, like, and, and Keenan Spear had that. So I don't know if it was to spite him, per se. No, but that, I think not he, to spite him, in spite of him. In spite of, okay. So, so much animosity between himself and the team. Like, he benched, when he benched Brian Leach, like, that was, like, yeah. a line in the sand. But, yeah. I mean, again, here we are talking about 94. Like, oh, God, this is all we know. Like, this is exactly 
because we have not had a good hockey team. For this is the last thing we have to hang our hat on, ladies and gentlemen. You know it. This one will last a lifetime. But you know what? Here's the thing. You know, I see a shift happening here, and I see Drury making decisions. When I see when when, when I see baby boomers furious about the things that Chris Drury does, that's how I know he's a good GM. That's how I know. Like that's how I know. Like he's Drury is not thinking like an old like and just like an old head hockey guy, and I think that's the difference between him and uh, and like a guy like Dubis, for example. Who, yeah, you know, Dubis can sometimes be confused for a young slick GM, but really he's just an old hockey guy, and yeah. you know what happened today is further proof of that yeah, um, we, we, yeah we'll get to that that's but a fun one. <laughs> chris drury doesn't think like uh like an old like he thinks like he's progressive in the way he approaches the game mm-hmm. he understands what it takes to win he looks at teams like the golden knights and the avalanche and the fucking lightning who are the model like you know and says oh you need that that good balance, not only in lineup, but in the way the coach and the players interact with each other, and the way the, the the balance and partnership between the head coach and the GM that you know that can't be siloed like it used to right. be. There needs to be a partnership there. I he I think he understands that. And I think hiring Gallant was a knee jerk reaction. He was you know brand new to the job. You know Tom Wilson had just broken the Rangers. He needed mm-hmm. to make a bunch of changes, and Gallant was just sitting out there, really the most qualified hire at the time. Yeah. But Gallant's just too much of an old hockey guy. You hit the nail on the head there. It's like, you know, he is, Drury is an active model of a progressive GM. And I think you see, he, you're right. He's, he's looking at the NHL, he's looking at what's working. And, you know, and you know what? Like, also, he's probably the smartest GM in the league. Like, he makes even his bad decisions. You can at least like rationalize it, right? And and really, if you want to talk about the bad things he's done, maybe I could probably count them on two fingers. It's one, one. I could think of one thing. Bushnevich, yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, like, but but we 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 did pretty good without him. Like, it's not like he he's not he did not hold us back from winning a cup. You know that that sign that that deal. So, buddy, I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, yeah, that. We we advanced to the finals with Bucinevich a year and a half ago, for sure. You think so? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Bucinevich is Bucinevich is top twenty winger in the league. Absolutely, but I don't think that was the piece that would have put us over the top. Like, right. I, I don't disagree. Bucinevich is. I would love to take that move back. I, we should make a try to get a, get him back on the team. Like this guy is awesome, especially since we're so shallow at right wing. Well, now, yeah. So Lafreniere for Bushnevich. Oh God. No. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Let's before Brendan uh, has a meltdown talking about Lafreniere. Let's take a quick break. Hey, Ranger Things listeners. You probably already know that you can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, or just listen by visiting rangerthingspodcast.com. But did you know you can also follow us on Twitter, at rangerthings23? 
were you aware that you can email us at contact at rangerthingspodcast.com? Feel free to DM or email us any questions, feedback, or suggestions. And now, back to the show. Let's, let's jump into NHL news at large. How's that sound? Um, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk well, about the dumb things that have happened around the league. Well, this well, we'll get to some dumb stuff, but David Krejci retired. The Boston. number the number Boston. two center for Boston retired. And we said it last episode, Boston's done. Yeah. And now this was like now they're, they're all the way done. They're all, they're all the way done now. But they did again, they signed Lucic, so maybe you know, it's still okay, but no, this they're, is really bad. There without a close second number one center is Pavel Zaka. Now, I like Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka is a great hockey player. He's not a 2C. But he's not a 1C. He's, he's not a 1C. He's, he is their best center at this point. You know, just to, to speak a little bit more about Krejci, like, you know, again, a similar version, another late-ish pick, 63rd overall in 2004. I combed through that draft. It wasn't as fun of a, of a brush through as Bergeron's draft the year prior. But again, David Krejci, kind of a sleeper. Obviously, like came out aces, getting picked sixty third overall. Like that's what a pick. But yeah, I mean, Boston's done. So I think we can like just cross them off the list of playoff contenders that we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, and what a reversal! It's actually that's the shame. Like last season was. Their last stab, record-breaking President's Trophy run, complete first-round exit, like complete, <laughs> complete falling apart, and like immediately once the postseason started, it's just really, it's really the ending that Boston deserves, as a city, as a team, as a state of mind. Yeah, I think you would do Boston. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, fuck you, Boston. <laughs> now you're weak down the middle. You see how the Rangers been dealing with it for years. But I mean, they did do something. Good. Uh, they signed Milan Lucic back. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's back. Yay. I personally love Milan Lucic. Yeah, uh, a, a player in 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 that I modeled my playoff, uh, my beer league play after, uh, just grinding and hitting and you know scoring scoring goals. I mean, who who? How could you not like him? He's got the schnoz. He's got the moxie, and he's got he's. He's got the uh, what's that? Je ne sais quoi. He's got that banter on the ice. Yeah, brother, do you have anything you want to say about Krejci or Lucic? Yes, I have something I want to say about Milan Lucic, mm-hmm. uh, and the and how I met Milan Lucic in Boston. You met him? Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, so the year was 2013, and I was in Boston, and it was during the World Series. Boston in the World Series, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't the night they won. They had it was it wasn't the, like they didn't win the series. They had won a game in the in the finals uh, in the World Series, and I was in Boston in just head to toe Yankee gear, <laughs> just <laughs> a Yankee hat, a Yankee jersey. I had on Yankee pajama pants. <laughs> And Yankee puffy slippers. And uh, we went to McGreevy's, which is like famed, like Dropkick Murphys write songs about them. And uh, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to get killed, but the Boston fans were actually kind of like, they thought it was funny. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was trying to make my way to the bathroom and I'm like, like shoulder checking people through the bar, trying to get to the bathroom. And I bump into this guy and like, he's just a brick wall and like, I'm drunk as fuck. So I look up at him and I'm about to be like, get out of my fucking way. And I look up and it's Luchich and he looks down at me and he smiles and he's like, you're going to die in here tonight, kid. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I met. That's how I met Milan. So you in slippers, you were trying to go into a a public restroom. That's, I mean, that's braver than almost mouthing off to Luchich. Yeah. 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 That's a yeah. fun story. I was really drunk. Hopefully it was Lucic. I was really drunk. <laughs> I, uh, it could have been I, any guy. I, and I've been telling people that it was Milan Lucic for 11 years. Yeah. But I was really, really intoxicated. <laughs> That's funny. It definitely well, felt like it was Milan Lucic. He <laughs> definitely looked like Milan Lucic. This, this wheel is turning ever slowly. Yeah. You know Milan. what? He was just wearing a Milan Lucic jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and... Milan, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please send an email to Ranger Things. That, yeah. Contact uh, at RangerThingsPodcast.com. Yeah. And confirm or deny whether or not that was you. If it wasn't you, then I've embarrassed. Then I've got a lot of people. I'm gonna make a lot of corrections. <laughs> I call a lot of people and be like, "Hey, it actually wasn't Milan Lucic. <laughs> it was just a slightly above average height man in a Lucic chair." You just didn't have your wits about. You didn't have your balance. That's why you bounced off him because you were wearing slippers. Yeah, he was so big. Whoever it was was massive. Probably was like Milan Lucic. I believe it. I found this on the. <laughs> All right, so I found this on the web. It was Milan Lucic. Yeah. <laughs> Siri, did I bump into Milan Lucic? Um, <laughs> so the next next stop, and this is, I think we're gonna sit on this one for a while here. I think probably. Oh, wait, can, can we not? Can we can we sit on the Bruins for just a second? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, so fantasy, just let's let's live in a fantasy world for a second. Uh, just for everyone listening. Brendan just got more giddy now than I've seen him in five years. Yeah. Who do we have to move? Like, what combination of players and picks would you move to bring Charlie Mack home? Lafreniere for a McAvoy, straight up. Well, no, he's a rubber. It's nine, he's, he, he makes him and Fox make $9.5 million each. Yeah. Oof. Like, I um, want a $19 million top defensive pairing. I think. That's, or $20 million top defensive pairing. That's what I want. I want I mean, Fox McAvoy, top pairing. Lingering's in there. Gotta be. Um, Keandre Miller, probably. No, I would not move him. I, I know, would, but I'm saying I don't think like, you'd have that's to. what they would no, ask. No, because they're, 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 they're in the early stages of a rebuild. So they're yeah. going to take on dead money. And they're going to look for picks. It's going to be a lot of picks. Yeah, I would. It's probably it'll probably take... We have we have a lot of draft picks coming up. Um, it's probably I would say Lindgren first round, second round would get them answering phone calls. Um, well, we have to also move another asset because we need to move, open up that space. Right. But right. I mean that. I think money. I think, we'd have to move money. Yeah. Don't, I think, but I think that's a good start. Don't come at me, bro. 
goes. Don't come at me for what I'm about to suggest. Oh, let's hear it. All right. How much money does Lingren make? Lingren? Oh, I think he's like like six something. Let me look it up. No, no, he no ain't way. Six. No, no way. Are you sure? No. Three, way. three and change. Three and change. I think. Three and change. Okay. Yes, you're right. What does he make? Three million on the nose. Yeah. Three three million on the nose, which means we need to free up six point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Who makes exactly six point five million dollars? Oh, this fucking guy! You know, okay. So for would you would you package would you package Lingren, Kreider, and a second? No, it's gonna be a first. It's gotta be the first. Would would you package Kreider a first and Lingren for Charlie McAvoy? I mean, think about think about that means that means you free up space on the left. Philosopher, mm-hmm. and you bring in one of the you have you have maybe the best defensive core. Yeah, what's, how long's McAvoy signed to? Hey, I think he's got him and him and Fox have the exact same contract. I think. Really, I'm looking up the Bruins. I am not mad at this question. I think this is an awesome question. I think this is fun. I. Unbiased, I am not opposed to moving Kreider at this stage in the game. It hurts emotionally, yeah. absolutely, to think about it. But like, let, let, I mean, let the kid go home. Let him go to Boston. McAvoy signed all the way through twenty thirty. So yeah, same as Fox. Yeah, he's twenty five. I mean, it, I mean, we'll have yeah, we'll, and we'll have them, and then. <laughs> who cares? Who fucking cares about ten years from now, six years from now? Um, that means think about this: you've got five years of Fox and McAvoy in their prime on the same team. Yeah, I mean that's it's. I mean, I the premise is solid. I, I'm game. Will they move? Will they package? Well, okay. obviously, fantasy right now. It's going to be Kreider, Lindgren, and a first. It, like, that's what it would take. Um, and that's and and he, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Does defense win championships in in the Def, NHL? Def, defense win, yeah. Defense wins championships. Well, you have Shesterkin, which gets you to the playoffs, and then able to win any game. Now you have the best defensive core in the NHL, and now and you have a pretty solid, you know. Oh, and you still have the second for the second overall pick, the first overall pick. Yeah, Artemi I mean, it, it, that movie Vinny Trocheck. I mean, you lose, you lose Kreider, who is like, it's a that's like this is like a team, this is like a locker room thing, right? You do jeopard, you will jeopardize that room. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe that gives, you know, maybe Kreider is in the way of someone like Lafreniere stepping up. That's right? true. All right, I didn't so, think of that. You know, and not to say that Kreider is—he's one hundred percent in the way. He's one hundred for the room, but it's just like maybe there's just time to like let's just move. Kreider's the only holdover from the past iteration of the Rangers that's not been transitional. Ten years. I can ago. I can tell you this right now with one hundred percent certainty. If Jeff Gordon knew that he when Jeff Gordon was making his moves, if he knew he was going to get. The, he was going to get Capocaco and Alexi Lafreniere. There is no shot in hell he he signs Chris Kreider that deal. Yeah. No way. There's yeah, no I agree. way. 
Kreider would have gotten traded to Boston back then when we all thought he was going to get traded to yeah. Boston. You know, it's hmm. again like is that a, is that a move that you want to do? Eh, not really. It's like Chris Kreider. Who doesn't love Chris Kreider? But you're absolutely right. Like that's 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 smart hockey. Really? Yeah. That's man. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at the ro- the Rangers roster, and that would that would solve the yeah the blockage for Lafreniere. That would put him in a more prominent role. Obviously, emotionally, it's going to gut every Ranger fan. Yeah. Well, you but, know, the thing is, like, it's it, it's emotional because he's been on the team for so long. Right. He had one absolutely phenomenal season two seasons ago at this point. It's like, which was a great season. Like, I'm he can never you can never you can't ever take that away from him. That was a masterclass. But he he, he can't do that every season. He's not the player to right. He, and he's a heart and soul guy. He's not. Point guy, he's not a score sheet. Sorry, on the flip side though, I think it, I think it might work because, I mean, he's a good leader, yes, but he's he's more of a quiet leader, you know, and and I don't, I don't think that has worked for the Rangers in the last, I don't know, I don't since think it, I, I, yeah, I just don't think it has worked, yeah, since since McDonough and he got traded away eventually, so um, I, man. If you, but you would have to – somebody either in the locker room would have to step up, so you would have to get – I don't know. who. who what I, think kind McEvoy, of... I think McAvoy fills that role. McAvoy is not – like, he's he's a leader on the Bruins. He's young, but he's not – I mean, he's he's leading that decor. He's the, yeah. he's the man. Like, but I'm, I'm just talking about, the like, being vocal in the locker room, you know, getting on people – in, in in a positive way, not just you know. Well, I think that's why. I think that's why. I think that's why Wheeler's here. Okay. I think Wheeler is the guy that's going to be start. You know, getting the boys going because I mean that's that's another thing we don't have in, on this team. It's like we have everyone's best friends and they all chit chat. They're all chummy, but you know, Truba is the strong silent type, and you need you need a guy to get in there and like. Except yeah, when stuff. he threw his like, helmet. Like, well, like, like, like Revo, like, Brendan, to your point from a few weeks ago, like, Revo was that guy. Get the boys going, gas up the team. You know, we don't have, now we have, like, you know, guys like Wheeler maybe doing that. But, yeah, Mac, I think McAvoy is doing that. Mac and McAvoy, you know, McAvoy's numbers aren't going to wow anybody. I think, like, last year he had somewhere in the 50-point, uh, you know, range. Uh, he's not a big goal scorer. He and he gets a fair amount of assists, but he's he is a he's a true blue liner. McAvoy yeah. is a McAvoy is a really good Ryan Lingren. Mm-hmm. A really really good Ryan Lingren. I, I think. I mean, you know what? If so, now we've reached out to Lucic, and now we got to reach out to Drury. Drury, if you're listening, put this package together because this is going to work. And yeah, he, he comes home. He comes home to New York. And he plays for his the Rangers, and that was really it's a dream come true for everybody. Imagine you have two lifelong Ranger fans now. The the first yeah. time. Hopefully we have. Hopefully we have no fans yet. Because if we do, we just lost them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think I don't think that's a problem for us yet. Yeah. Whenever it goes into the backlog, they'll be like, "Wait, these guys have been assholes the whole time." Sure. All right, all right. So let, let's move. Can we, are we done with the Bruins now? Or, yeah, wait, I'm wait, done. just to put a bow on it. I think I I would make that emotions aside, tenth times out of ten I'd make that move. If Dave's that was on board. Option. 
And we could pro- like you make the deal sweet enough, and maybe Boston retains some of the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what will you, you do the first and second? First and second, Kreider, Lindgren, and he, they retain twenty percent of his salary. Yeah. That'd be nice. They need, they need to, they need to spend the money. So it's not like, yeah. well, how much cap space do they have left? Well, they're not much. After, but... after they're done blowing it up, they'll have a ton. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. So let, let's let's move on. This is the big. This is the big story. We're gonna be. This is this is it, folks. The move we've been on an NHL level. This is not uh, signing uh, Scanlon, but the move we've all been waiting for. Eric Carlson has been traded to Pittsburgh. This is an insane three-way trade. Before we dive into it, I'm gonna just outline exactly what this trade is. So, Pittsburgh acquires Eric Carlson, uh, forward Rem Pitlick, forward Dylan Hamaliak, Hamaliak, and San Jose's uh, third-round pick from in 2026. San Jose gets Pittsburgh's 2024 first-round pick, uh, which is a top-10 protected. Um, Michael Granlund, uh, defenseman uh, Jan Ruda, and forward Mike Hoffman. Now, okay. at, out of nowhere, Montreal, because they had to come in because there was cap issues that they had to work around, so Montreal came in to help. Montreal gets Pittsburgh's 2025 second-round pick. Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, and forward Nathan Laguerre. So, so Montreal won the trade. Montreal absolutely won this trade. They... Montreal is the only team that gets better here. I, this is the most brain-dead hockey move I've seen ever. Pittsburgh, they, they've lost so – they gave up so much. They're pretty much out of – they've entered Boston status at this, with this move. They gave up so much to to get Eric Carlson. Who? Why? What are they doing? Yeah, I mean, here's what's gonna happen. First of all, Eric Carlson is a bad defenseman, and they mm-hmm. like what they needed was an actual defenseman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. They like they get scoring from their forwards. They needed it. They they were struggling. They're struggling to keep the puck out of the net. So what's the plan? They're just gonna. They're gonna outscore the rest of the division with who? Is that their <laughs> that's their plan? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's and, and I don't know, and, I, and I'm eating my hat now. Like last week, I said, you know, we talked about Carlson potential destinations. You know, I said, you know, Pittsburgh's the only team that gets better with Carlson, and man, they made me look like an idiot. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I love how ex- yeah, I love how excited. Uh, Pittsburgh fans are right now. Well, uh, have you met a for, Pittsburgh fan? You 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 know a few Pittsburgh fans. I don't. They don't really fans. know much, other than uh, Penguins good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, for for those of you out there who don't know me, there's nothing in the world I hate more than a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. <laughs> uh, I think Pittsburgh Penguin fans are the lowest form of life. Um, and I love that they are so excited right now because nothing to me, nothing brings me more happiness 
than sad Penguins fans. <laughs> just, I don't even need to see it. Just, like, I, I'm going to go to bed tonight happy knowing that not that someday soon <laughs> there are going to be tears just flooding the streets, the filthy streets of Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty clean city. It's like, let's be fair to the city. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh uh, the year that the Steelers beat the Jets in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And Steelers fans, and I know that Steelers fans are Penguins fans, but the Steelers fans were very gracious. They were buying us drinks. Now, granted, we lost the game. But something happens to those hardworking people when they put on that fucking Penguins jersey that they just become the scourge of the earth. Like something happens to them. They become Philadelphians when they put on that Penguins jersey. Like they go from like honest, hardworking people. Like if you ever met a Pirates fan. No. That guy's a sweetheart. You want to lend that guy your weed whacker. He doesn't even (laughs) need to ask you for it. You ask him if he needs to borrow the power washer. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's how much of a sweetheart that guy is. Same thing for Steelers fans. The second they put on that fucking Penguins jersey, they just turn into fuckheads. Just pieces of just um, they're objectively trash when they put on that jersey. It's just there's I think we have different experiences with Pittsburgh <laughs> fans. Like, I agree with you. I don't like the Penguins. I hate the Penguins. I agree with you on the hatred and the animosity animosity for the Penguins. I do not like them. Yeah. But in my personal experience, like having gone to a Rangers Penguins game in Pittsburgh, the most gracious of hosts. Yeah. They were super nice. Met Mario Lemieux. Um well wait, we didn't meet Mario Lemieux as so much as stared and gawked <laughs> at him as he exited the uh, elevator and walked by like a giant Sasquatch to look back at us, all draped in our Ranger gear. Are you sure like, it was Mario Lemieux? Because I no, yeah. it was it was, okay. it was it was it was Mario. So, you sure it wasn't Milan like, Lucic? It was not Milan <laughs> No, um, but we yeah. did have our Rangers slippers on. So <laughs> what I dislike about the fans and most of my like in Pittsburgh they were fine. It was a lot like there there was an elitist glaze over Pitts over that whole arena where we know we're the the toast of the NHL. Uh, Ranger fans are here. Let's be nice to them, right? Yeah. You know, we Dan Boyle scored the game-winning goal that game. Well, it would have been the tying goal in in the shootout, but it that's was right. it was a double touch and got called back, and the Penguins won. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, but Penguins. Oh, I, remember, fans, I remember that game. I remember that game. Penguins fans in New York City, mm. they deserve the worst in life. You know, because like it's one thing. It's like listen, New York. It's a transient city. There are people who are fans from every all over the world. You don't have to like New York sports if you live in New York City. It's, not, it's almost not expected at this point. Um, but there's something about that air of like, uh, you know, entitlement becomes just... antagonistic because they yeah. know they're on. They're somewhere else. And so they have to, they, they will poke and prod and rub in your face the fact that Sidney Crosby was born. And it's like, well, dude, you, 
you're just a punchable asshole. All I've ever wanted from them, <laughs> all I've ever, all I've ever wanted from them, and I agree with you completely about about New York based Pittsburgh fans, mm-hmm. they're trash. But all I've ever wanted from them is just let me hear you acknowledge it that mm-hmm. you don't deserve the happiness that you've been given. Yeah. Like you don't deserve it. Your franchise was going away. Right. Nobody, nobody cared about the Penguins. So they spoon fed you Lemieux and Yager. And the second those two were done winning, you all went away again. Mm-hmm. And you, the franchise almost went bankrupt again. So they spoon fed you Crosby, Latang, and Malkin. All I want to do, all I want is to hear you say it. Just, oh, uh, just, just say I know that, that Gary Bettman had to save me because I'm a garbage person. I'm not an actual hockey fan. Uh, they, that's the other thing. They don't know about hockey. They know about the Penguins. Mm-hmm. They don't understand hockey. Right. Like Devils fans, I don't like Devils fans either, but I respect them because they fucking know hockey. Yeah, they're not Islander fans. They're not Islander fans. You know, they're not Islander fans. They're not Pittsburgh fans. They understand hockey. Well, yeah. Because let's put it this way if you sign up, to be a Devils fan, you better know your shit because that is because odds are you were born into four Stanley Cups really fast. Right? Three Stanley, three, three Stanley Cups, three yeah, three yeah. Stanley Cups and a near miss. Um, but still, like you know, that's they weren't spoon fed; they were earned. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But you know, that's listen, like. We could be honest. Jersey, there's a lot of bandwagoning going on when oh, it comes yeah. to Jersey fans. Yeah. Like, that, you know what I think? Are... I think right now what's happening with Jersey fans is they're just like the, things have been so dark for them for so long, and now it's like they're a really good fucking team. And w- like, I think they look to us. When I say us, I mean Ranger fans. For some strange reason. Devils fans look to Ranger fans for acknowledgement. Like they want us to acknowledge the fact that their team is good. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. It's um, little brother stuff. It's just like, yeah, you know, say what you will about the Islanders and their fans. I mean, the Islander fans are just, I don't even, I don't yeah. even know. Like Islander fans are like Oscar, the grouch. That's, <laughs> he is a physical representation of every single Islander fan, but they don't give a fuck what anybody thinks of them. Because they can't, right? I mean, right. they're just a bunch of drunks and flip-flops and American flag tank tops. You know, that's every Islander fan. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't care what we think about them. Uh, but Jersey fans, they look for acknowledgement from us. They need that validation. Like, they our team validation. is good. It's serious, little, it's serious little brother syndrome. Yeah. Which, I mean... Yeah. They don't really, they don't actually they hell. I mean they've been more successful in the past twenty five years than we have. Yeah. You know they so. are they are a more successful franchise than the Rangers. Yeah. Period. <laughs> so I mean, but hey, I mean that's it, that's not their insecurity is not my problem. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. But this is what the 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 humility and the 
humble attitude that the Devils fans have because they are. I mean, listen, there's there is bants back and forth the Rangers Devils, but they are a humble franchise, a humble fan base. They they have humility, whereas Pittsburgh does not. They will. Right. Oh, they like the, if you know a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, right? I do know a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. On Monday morning, the first thing they're going to tell you is about the game they won on Sunday night and how awesome it was. And it's like, dude, there's a really strong rivalry between the Rangers and the Devils and their fans, but it's it's different. You're right; it's different. We're not fist fighting Devils fans. All yeah, not anymore. Not you anymore. know, you know, we might argue with Devils fans a lot, but. It's, you know, there is, as a Rangers fan, I think there's a respect for me. Like, I respect the Devils as a franchise. I respect, you know, I don't consider their fans bandwagon fans or front-running fans. First of all, I don't like the, I don't like the expression bandwagon fan. That's dumb. I think it's dumb to be mad at a person for liking a team that's good. Yes, of course. No, well, I think it's dumb. <laughs> when I said bandwagon, it's like my brother became a Devils fan in 1995. Right, that's, that's how your brother is a Devils fan. Well, he well he was he he then he grew up and he's like oh no I'm a Rangers fan right yeah so like I mean grew up I mean he's a goalie grew up idolizing Richter and brother like, like this is the most formative moment of Rangers mm-hmm. lives in our generation so like, yeah I mean I get it but a lot of those fans stay Devils fans and you know and you had and during that period the mid to late nineties. Devils fans were exactly what we were saying about Pittsburgh fans now, or the Pittsburgh fans have been for the past 10 years, 20, 15 years. They were that unknowledgeable, uh, entitled, kind of like annoying. In their defense, in their defense, uh, and I can't believe I'm defending Devils fans. But well, you're defense, married the, to one, so the, this is a the little Devils, <laughs> in, in the 90s, in the 90s, the Devils were still relatively new to New Jersey. Yeah. You know, uh, like, I think, like, you look at a city like Seattle, and I think there's the potential for uneducated, like, uneducated hockey fans entering into our world for the next 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they get really good, like the Devils got really good. Uh, but you know, consider this, uh, Dave. Give me a face. The Devils did; they got really good. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's my wrestling yeah. Uh, yeah, asshole yeah. face. If we were just a year younger, the three of us, there's like a sixty percent chance we'd be Devils fans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just a year you- younger. Maybe not you, Dave, because you are you have an older brother who was a Ranger fan, right? And well, we we had a we had a guy, who, you know, a, a family that lived above us who, who the the guy's older, probably like fifteen years older than me, and he like kind of brainwashed us to be Ranger fans, Denver Bronco fans, Met fans, for better or worse, mostly yeah. for worse. Uh, you know, like my brother in law was a huge Rangers fan, and that's how I got into hockey was watching hockey with my sister and my brother in law. Because mm-hmm. I was young, I was eight and nine years old. I was eight when they started dating. So if my, you know, if at that point Brodor was, you know, if Brodor got drafted two years sooner, right? Who knows? You know, who you know? If it was the if it was the Devils in that, you know, if the Devils won that that game seven and went on to win the cup, who knows? And you know how many how many Devils fans that we know that are just. Not even a full year younger than us. 
Yeah. You know, they, and, it, and it really is like it's that 94, 95, 96 span. Again, we're back on 94. But like it is that span of time. Like, especially, you know, in Staten Island at that point, like it's 50 50. It was Rangers Devils 50 50. Like, Staten Island is not New York Rangers country. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but. For, for, for all y'all who don't know Staten Island, there is a huge split. So it's especially in the mid '90s. There's a lot of cowboy fans because they went on their Super Bowl runs there. Front, Staten Island's all front run. A lot of Yankee fans and how you doing? And the the South Shore of Staten Island, which is like half of Staten Island, think they belong in Jersey anyways because that's the next spot that they moved to. So like, yeah, I you're absolutely right, but I think it, it's this front runner mentality, this. I'm a winner, but I didn't earn it kind of shit. Well, you know, there's there's a huge divide in Jersey. Like one like some like sometimes when I run out of things like when when my wife and I are like arguing about Rangers Devils hockey, you know, lately, you know, I run out of things to say before she does because mm-hmm. of what's gone down this season. So I'll have to start throwing pot shots. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like the Devils, are the, like the the New Jersey Devils are the third most popular team in New Jersey. So, <laughs> um, but it's and true. this is this brings us to a new segment on oh. um, how to be a good husband yeah. by Brendan Lyons. No, it's but you know there's a there's a split even in in Jersey in Central North yeah. Jersey because you know some people have just generational Ranger fans yeah. or they they came from the city you know and then South Jersey. My sister Philly, lives down. Philly. Yeah, my sister lives down in South Jersey, and she's just disgusted with the amount of flyers shit she sees on a daily basis. Yeah, it's so gross. Right. But so let's, anyway, I want to bring it back to Eric Carlson because I I want to I, oh, yeah, I, for, I get... forgot that we were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, that we were so, that, that we were talking about that fucking bum. That's all right, so we think. Well, let's get a let's get final thoughts on Eric Carlson, the Eric Carlson trade, and then I have a game for us. We're gonna play a quick game after this, so and then we'll wrap it up. So, um, final thoughts on the Eric Carlson trade, uh, Brendan? Uh, objectively bad. Eric Carlson is an objectively bad defenseman. This is gonna make them objectively worse. Dave um, couldn't be happier for the San Jose Sharks and the Montreal <laughs> yeah. Canadiens. Good on way to, you. Way to go, um, Mike Greer. Couldn't be happier for the Pittsburgh Penguins and their entire fan base. Good luck, pals. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's about it. I think everybody won what they wanted to get. Everyone got what they wanted. Yeah. So you're gonna get what you deserve now. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, I'm you fucking schleps, you pieces <laughs> of shit. <laughs> so I guess from my wrap up again, like Pittsburgh defied all expectations. They could they were the only team that could have gotten better with Eric Carlson, and they're somehow like fuck themselves on this. So like good for them. I'm happy. Um all right, let's wrap it up. We're gonna play we're gonna play a game. Uh we're gonna play Fuck Mary Kill. Oh. Okay. This is the Tri-State Color Commentators edition. Oh, okay. So and so fuck Mary Kill. Chico Resh, Joe Micheletti, oh. or Butch Goring. I, you know, we you could start discussing. I'll go first. I I know who you're gonna kill off the bat without even thinking. No, you don't. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you do. So I, I I'll, <laughs> I'll start. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Like, you know, I'd probably I'd probably fuck Chico Rush. 
Yeah. He, he seems like he's at least fun, you know? Like, he'd have, he'd have a good time. Um, I'd marry Butch Goring. Like, he's like a nice, soft God, Dave. I'd marry Butch Goring. Um, I think that he's sensitive. Is he going to kill, you're going to kill Joey? I, I fucking hate Joe Michelin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep-seated hatred I mean, that yeah. he's discussed with me for years. I mean, there is, he's gotten better, but he would yes. spend 20 minutes per game coming up with ridiculous conspiracy theories about every single play. I like, love oh, it. Puck, that puck must have bounced off of this guy's skate and this guy's stick. Like, no, just went straight in. Like, <laughs> well, I think he got his stick up really high. And I'm doing a Joe Micheletti impression, if you can't tell. I think he got his stick up high and caught up under the visor. And, and it's like, no, it's just he he walked into the boards. Like, he is, he, and he doesn't do it anymore. Thank God. So he's so got better. Give it to me kill. again. You're going to kill Joe. And then what were the other two again? I'm going to kill Joe. I'm going to fuck Chico. And I'm going to marry Butch. Okay. Great names I, for this game. Holy shit. I think I, I think I can't, first of all, I, all right, I can't kill Joe. I can't kill Joe. To each his own. But I think I'd also marry Butch. Because okay. I can't, I can't marry Joe. Because imagine having Joe after, after, like, imagine having to have Joe come home every night after working with Sam. <laughs> all day. Like, it would just be miserable. He'd be, my life would be miserable with Joe. But I can't kill him. So I'm gonna marry Butch. I'm gonna fuck Joe. I'm gonna kill Chico. That's good. All right, I like it. All right, I like it. All right, Dave, you're up. God, man, I, I don't like. It hurts my heart. To, to Dave's just gonna. Dave's, Dave's just gonna die from fucking shitting himself. He's gonna <laughs> shit himself to death. I, I need a shovel in my office. Like, I don't know what's going on here. It's like the fucking. It's like Ringling Brothers over here. Oh, um, so all right. So let's see. Butch is probably the oldest, or is Chico older than Butch? I don't even know. I think Chico's a little bit older, yeah. Okay. So, I definitely marry Chico. You gotta, you gotta do that, man. He's, he's a lot of fun. You know, rocking that stash from, like, the 70s and shit. Um, now, alright, so, like, I'm probably gonna, someone agree with killing Joe Micheletti, Micheletti just based on the fact that it, you know, it would hurt my heart, obviously. I, I, I've never had much of a problem with him. You know, he's no JD, but then again, JD almost ruined the Rangers. But that's a, a different position and another story altogether. And then, you know, Butch Goring, like, he's got that hate fuck face. So maybe that would be, you know, a good time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. You can kind of weather You're not wrong. Like a knit or somebody that, like, stood too close to a Claymore that went off. I don't know. A lot of pop marks in there. So you're fucking Butch, is what you're saying. He's fucking oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's fucking Butch. <laughs> oh, you hear what he's talking about? I'm not going to be the Butch one, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. That was a fuck, Mary kill. And uh, that's our show. Thank you all for listening. Remember, follow us on Twitter, RangerThings23. Uh, for David Pacheco. Goodbye, fellow Ranger fans. For the pile of feces he's left on my floor. <laughs> for Brendan Lyons. See you later, everybody. We've got a cut recording now so we can talk about what happened in Montgomery, Alabama the other day. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm Carlo Montanino. See you all next week. Thank you. Well,